eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Monday, March 28th, and you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, West of the Rest edition with National Recruiting Editor Brandon Huffman and myself, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone enjoyed the weekend. Huff, we're coming off of a, of a Las Vegas trip that did not, in, that, that did not include you. It's, it's, it's been a little bit of sad. I missed you. Oh, I missed you. <laughs> That's why we need drops on the show. What? You're, you're telling me that. I can't remember. Lisa Loeb. You're telling me that my version was not better than Lisa Loeb's. That hurt. Blair. That really hurts. Yeah, it hurts. No, but but it sounds like it was a busy weekend in Vegas for basketball fans, for football fans, for Polynesian Bowl members. It's that time of year, Blair, where literally nothing is quiet. Everything is going on. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. You got the spring training stuff. Uh, I know there were several people on my flight that were dedicated to going out to Vegas and just hammering some futures, right? Like some future bets, some over-under win totals, all that stuff that came out this last week, you know, uh, placing some money on, on, on a certain El Medina alum who is going to play for the LA Dodgers. Uh, a lot of stuff happening. And speaking of West Coast and speaking of Los Angeles, Josh Connerly, Huff, our our long national nightmare is nearing an end. He just took an official visit to USC, five-star offensive lineman from the state of Washington, number one rated offensive tackle in the 2022 class, has yet to sign, has yet to commit, It is nearing a decision, and you, sir, went in on the crystal ball and put a pick in for the Trojans. You know, it seems like everybody wants to go to Los Angeles these days, Blair, so why not add a elite five-star unsigned 2022 prospect that many schools across the nation are still waiting for and put that crystal ball in for Josh Connor. And in this social media generation, there's a lot of things that you could kind of read between the lines in terms of when a kid takes a visit, what he thinks of the school, everybody's doing the photo shoot. What I thought was significant was when I asked Connor Lee, hey, do you have a couple pictures to share from the official visit of you in a USC uniform? And he sent me a picture of himself with his family, all the USC coaches and everybody at the beach. And to me, that was significant because that I, you, you look for signs, you look for reasons to think why a guy might be going anywhere, why he might be going somewhere. You read between the lines, you overanalyze. That's what we do in this industry. But for me to see a kid from Seattle who, you know, Washington has stayed in this largely because he's a Seattle kid, even though they had the worst season uh, along with USC of his six finalists um, and also had a coaching change. To me, the significant thing was that was the picture he chose to use. Didn't say anything else, just sent me the picture. And that was my 
way of reading the final tea leaves where I think USC, which has had a substantial uh, presence in his recruitment, maybe even calling them the leader for the last few months. That to me was kind of like the, the final, the final straw. So I went ahead and put in a crystal ball for Connerly to USC. He loved his official visit, loved his time down in Los Angeles. He's been there a number of times for unofficials. He's been down there for games, but it wasn't since Lincoln Riley came and Josh Henson came from Texas A&M where USC really ramped it up and getting that fifth and final official visit, even if he takes an unofficial to Washington, it won't match what, you know, the official visit is like. So I felt this morning was a good enough confidence on my part to uh, to go ahead and put in that crystal ball. I went in with a, with a percentage of five because there still is 10, 11 days until he makes that final decision. But I feel decently good about putting in USC. 28 people are in that photo, Huff. I, I didn't know Jeez. if it was possible to fit 28 people into a photo. Uh, and, and you could see it. I think Brandon Huffman tweeted it over on his Twitter account at Brandon Huffman, along with the the uh, visit recap from Josh Connerly, the five-star offensive tackle. It, it looks like a big atmosphere, family environment, and the type of connection that Lincoln Riley has been known to have with recruits. It hasn't taken him long, and we're going to discuss another big-time crystal ball prediction that went in for the Trojans after the break. But I, I think... I think back to what Lincoln Riley said after his introductory press conference, the fact that they, they were just going to recruit and he was going to recruit hard. Uh, this is what he's been telling the media. He's been telling uh, families and recruits, and, and he's just going to try to stockpile the roster and turn over a roster. Uh, over 20 prospects uh, on that team already that uh, you know have been you know kind of told to, to look elsewhere. He wants to completely change the culture. And I know that at times... Offensive linemen, especially the elite ones, are maybe expected to go in there and and compete or 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 vie for for early playing time. What's the realistic expectation for a, a Josh Connerly if he were to end up at USC? Like we've talked, you and I before on this podcast, that USC needs to get bigger, they need to get stronger, they get to they need to get meaner up front in the trenches for USC to be back to what USC has been in the past. Connerly would be a big step towards doing that. He would. And I think when you look at, you know, some of the players that left early that had a year to eligibility, Leon Himmons, you had Jalen McKenzie that both left. You know, obviously USC is plugging in a, tra- a grad transfer in Bobby Haskins to come in at that left tackle position. So now, you know, maybe he comes in from Virginia and he is the starter at least to start the season. But, you know, who's to say that by the midway point of the season, when Connerly's there, he's not plugging in at left tackle. Or maybe they move Cortland forward over to left tackle and start Connerly at right tackle. I, I think, you know, this is very similar, not just in the timing, but if you remember JT Tuomolo's recruitment a year ago, you know, JT didn't enroll at Ohio State. He announced on 4th of July, didn't end up moving out there for another week and was starting by the middle of the season, but playing as a true freshman. The difference there was, you know, JT was doing a lot of work. He was still playing basketball, but he was doing a lot of work at home, so he was ready. I think Connolly's continuing to do the work at home, even though he's not going to enroll anywhere until the middle of June. But you know, he does need to put on weight. There's a difference between JT playing defensive line at 275, 270, and Josh Connolly playing left tackle in the Pac-12 at 265. So there's going to need to be some weight and, and strength added wherever he ends up, whether it's the Pac-12, whether he goes to the Big Ten or the ACC or the Big 12. But it's not unrealistic to think that he could play as a true freshman. And, you know, if you're looking at USC's roster, you could see a scenario where maybe Bobby Haskins is the guy there 
as the grad transfer in 2022, but 23 and 24, Josh Connolly has that spot locked up. You know, Huff, we wondered what all the coaching turnover would do with some prospects across the country, including Josh Connerly, who clearly saw the the carousel spinning and said, oh, whoa, I know, like I need to slow this down. I'm going to, you know, take a page out of JT Tuimolo's book and, and go a little bit longer in my recruitment. Uh, not going to be forced to sign early. I'm going to go through the process and really get to know some of these coaches. But then you look at what USC's done since Lincoln R- Riley arrived in the, in the 2022 signing class specifically, obviously. Obviously, we know about Caleb Williams, Damani Jackson, getting him back into the fold, the five-star corner from modern day. They, they were able to hang on to, to Relique Brown after he flipped uh, from Oklahoma. Uh, Zion Branch uh, appeared to be headed to Ohio State before Lincoln Riley was named the, the coach at USC, so he won that battle. CJ Williams, the other big-time receiver that is in this class, was previously com- committed to Notre Dame. He's headed to USC. I mean, you, you go up and down the, this 2022 class, even though it wasn't a marquee class by USC standards, um, and, and they ranked 65th nationally, number 10 among Pac-12 schools. That's probably the last time we're going to see USC in, in that stratosphere of, of, of rankings circles and, and kind of rankings. But if, when you look at what Connerly could mean for this group, it's it's definitely a, a tone setter. Like this would send a message to every other coach across the West Coast to basically say, "Hey, we're gonna go and and do our thing, and we're gonna get this guy and that guy." I mean, it's I think it's the ultimate flex. Well, and you know we've talked about it on this show previously. Josh Connerly could have been what Buda Baker was to Chris Peterson in his first class at Washington, and I even referenced it on a larger scale. He could have been what Sean Cody was to Pete Carroll in his first class. At USC, that local recruit who stays home and helps the fortunes. Instead, you you know, you look at Connolly, and if he does in fact end up at USC, that is another strike across the bow of Lincoln Riley kind of ruining everything for other Pac-12 schools. And I know there's gonna be fan bases that are gonna say, hey, screw you, Huffman, that's not true. We're gonna have a chance. But I mean, I was even talking to some some guys that were at other Pac-12 schools, and they all basically have said the same thing. Lincoln Riley screwed everything up for us. And it's a very, very accurate statement because it's changed the entire tone. And so now it's one thing for him to recruit nationally. You know, we we've said on this show before that. Vegas is basically a Pac-12 city. Even though it doesn't have a school in Vegas in the Pac-12 with the football championships, the basketball championships, the offices in the Pac-12 likely headed there, Vegas is a Pac-12 footprint state our city. And Nevada, you can call it a Vegas uh, Pac-12 football state. So Zion Branch and Zechariah Branch obviously are big. The Nelson, Makai Lemon commitments are big. But, you know, a, a lot of the going into the backyard of another Pac-12 school, but also holding off national programs that also wanted that guy, that's going to be a big step in the right direction for Lincoln Riley, as if he needs any more helps in the right direction. This might be the ultimate, you know, flex, like you said. The, you look at Demone Jackson, you look at Branch, those are big flexes, but this might be the biggest plus. This is the number one tackle in the country. And, you know, when, when you look at the NFL draft and you look at the teams that have been winning national championships of late, they've had good offensive linemen. So this hurts other programs and helps your own program. USC trending for Josh Connerly, the five-star offensive lineman from the state of Washington, who is nearing a decision and trending elsewhere, Huff, in the 2024 class. We're going to get into that right after the break. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Welcome back to the West of the Rest podcast. I'm Brandon Huffman, joined by Blair Angula. Now, Blair, you spent some time in Vegas. We talked about the beginning of the show. You were out there for the 2022 Polynesian Bowl Combine uh, and Showcase, which helps feed players into the 2023 and the 2024 game. Uh, just a few minutes ago, the 2024 first few names were announced, and one of those players is Dylan Rayola out of Chandler, Arizona, who played in Texas his first few years. The Rayola name sounds familiar. His dad, Don, played in the NFL for the Detroit Lions. Uh, but Blair, you kind of set the world on fire for USC before the crystal ball for Josh Klein this morning with the crystal ball of your own for Dylan Rayola. Yeah, we put in a crystal ball over the weekend for USC and and in regards to Dylan Raiola. He's a dynamic quarterback. I mean, has all the tools, has the makeup, all of 6'3", 225, uh, looks like a catcher. And, you know, Greg Biggins wrote this in, in his eye catcher story over the weekend. He looks like a catcher and that's because he is one, right? He plays some baseball. He can throw 90 from the mound. He's what you look for. And when you have to bet on a prospect reaching his potential... You look at a Dylan Raiola and, and you bet on that. Now, from a recruiting standpoint, he's been everywhere. He's been to Clemson recently. He's been to Georgia multiple times. He's a Nebraska legacy. has been there a few times. has been to Texas a bunch of times. USC just recently got into the picture. They just got involved. They offered recently. He took a, a, an unofficial visit out there and, and really, really liked it. There's a connection there, I think, in Los Angeles with Matt Stafford. His father, Dominic Raiola, was the center for the Detroit Lions, and he played with Stafford for a number of years. So I think there's a comfort level there if they were to head to LA. And I just feel like the Trojans have a lot of momentum there with with that recruitment. I, I feel like he really likes it in LA. He likes the direction of the program. And you know, if you're a fan of other schools or even of USC, you might wonder, why would Dylan Raiola go to USC with another five-star quarterback coming in in 2023, and that would be Malachi Nelson, especially one that Lincoln Riley had already previously handpicked when he was at Oklahoma. Well, you, you just look at what Lincoln Riley did at Oklahoma this last season, right? There were a number of, of big-time profile quarterbacks on the roster. He's done that in, in years past. And you know, for, for a number of years, he doesn't recruit quarterbacks back-to-back -back or in back-to-back -back classes, right? He'll stagger them to give them each kind of their time to develop. But that didn't matter on the field last year. 
the best guy will play for Lincoln Riley. And I think that's been a message that's been delivered very efficiently to the Riolas. Uh, we saw what happened with Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. And, and what's to say that that could not happen with a Malachi Nelson and, and with a Dylan Riola if they were both in that same quarterback room. Um, and I think those guys have to bet on themselves. And, you know, if you do want to build an elite program and you want to convince and recruit these elite players to play with each other, that's how it starts. That's how you are able to see the cream rise to the top. And I don't think Lincoln Riley is out to hurt any feelings or, or you know, I guess be kind of a Grinch of sorts where he, he's messing up and ruffling up feathers. But I, I do feel like he is not going to really be sensitive to what anyone thinks. He wants to win football games. And if that means getting a Malachi Nelson followed by a Dylan Riola uh, and convincing that, that family that that's the, the the best spot, you know, I, I I would bet on Lincoln Riley being able to do that nine out of 10 times. What, what's significant too is you said it, that in years past, he can didn't take a quarterback back to back where there was Spencer Rattler in the 2020 or the 2019 class. Then he had Caleb Williams in 2021, but obviously Malachi Nelson in 2023. He was still taking quarterbacks of, of some sort in 20, um, in 22, but it was elite quarterbacks every year. Well, like you said, That'll change one day in Dallas last October where Spencer Rattler just wasn't getting it going for Oklahoma. He puts in Caleb Williams and he takes a guy who had the highest Heisman Trophy odds coming into the season, benches him, puts in Caleb Williams and kind of three different play, uh, people's paths changed over the next six to eight weeks significantly from that day. So he's playing the best available. I think we've seen that in subsequent years that now coaches are realizing I've got to play the best player. We saw it at Clemson back in 2018, where they, the year before Kelly Bryant took Clemson, uh, replaced it to Sean Watson, took Clemson to the national championship or to the, to the college football playoff, where they were the number one team going into it. The next year, halfway through the season, Dabo knew Trevor Lawrence is the guy. He subs in Trevor Lawrence. They win the national championship. He takes it to another national championship game and the playoffs. Sometimes the best guy is the young guy. So you just play the best available. And I think Lincoln Riley has now shown that he will play the best available. And it's a good plan to go by, especially in this day and age of brand building for these quarterbacks. You get that yeah. year of hype in recruiting from them being committed. But once you get them on the field, you can still only play one. Yeah, Huff. I mean, look, nationally, you think of big-time quarterback rooms, right? The Ohio States will stack big-time quarterbacks and, and see maybe some of them leave because they, they're good enough to play elsewhere. Uh, Alabama's been doing that. Oklahoma had been doing that with Lincoln Riley. Uh, you know, you look at what Georgia's doing recently as well. I mean, it's happening everywhere across the country. And it was happening first at USC, right? You, there was five stars after five stars. These guys were committing to Steve Sarkeesian or Lane Kiffin or even Pete Carroll before that uh, without really thinking about it because it was the destination. It was, yes. if you want to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees, you know what you're going to do? You're going to hold out for that signing contract to go play for the New York Yankees. And this is the same thing with USC. The the quarterback position and USC is is just they're they're linked forever, I think. And so when you throw that in front of a face of, of a recruit, and now you factor in the fact that, hey, I'm going to be coached by Lincoln Riley, who's notorious for developing Heisman winners and first round draft picks and, and all that. I mean, your resume speaks for itself. I think it's a it's a, an elite combination. And I would continue to expect USC to be in the mix for the number one, number two, number number three quarterback in every class, no matter who's in the quarterback room there. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen it with the attrition. We 
we've seen you know guys leave JT Daniels, Jackson Dart, Keaton Slovis in, in recent classes. Uh, Bryce Young, remember, was previously committed to USC right. as well. So this this is going to continue to happen with USC. And I think this is just the beginning. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, if I'm a USC fan and it's early, but I, I feel really good about what Lincoln Riley is able to do. He's only recruiting one prospect at a time, has no other offers in the 2024 class to any other quarterbacks. He is prioritizing and speaking only with Dylan Riola. And I think that really means a lot. What, one last point on that, and you, you kind of touched on it with your very snide remark about an El Modena graduate going back to the Southland to play in Los Angeles. But so there's an Angels fan I was not fired up about. If you're going to go home, go play for North County team. But I digress. Hey, man, hey man, I'm only speaking facts. He said he wants to play home and, you know, and he doesn't even live in L.A. County. He lives down in Corona Del Mar, right, where he's kind of neighbors with the Seagulls out there. Um, even so even it, more Orange County-ish. Yeah, it's like it's like deep, deep Orange County hurtful but you know you, you made a good point like talk about the Yankees you look at the Dodgers right now I mean you see it in pro sports where teams will be able to get guys to take either less money or they'll be able to maybe have to move down the lineup when you see it in basketball too but in baseball you'll see guys that maybe they're the three or four hitter now they're going to hit fifth or sixth because this is the place where they want to be they know that that lineup's going to be good for their career they know that the protection of that lineup's going to be good for their career the longevity whatever it may be and i think that that's what we are seeing with with quarterbacks in this era that they're looking to go play for the best quarterback developers. You know, if it's playing time that's an issue, then then go, you know, go play at, at Colorado. Go play at a Arizona State. Go play at a place where they need quarterbacks desperately. But if it's development, which let's be honest, there's a big part of the quarterback development tool that really elite quarterbacks do look at. It, it's They don't mind going and waiting a year or two if they know in that year or two they're being developed long term. And, yeah, and look and look at some of the names recently that have been associated with Lincoln Riley. Right. Yeah, I was the just Baker say, Mayfields, the Baker Kyler Mayfield. Murrays, the Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Like yeah, those guys were developed. They did have to kind of bide their time in a way. And look at them now. I mean they're still thriving. They're still starting well I guess they're not all starting quarterbacks now, but <laughs> I digress, Mr. But Mr. he's available Mr. if you want to give up four first round draft picks anybody, just call my line. I'll hook you up with uh, Jimmy Hazard. But Man, all, all so, that to say that this is exactly what USC had in mind when they hired Lincoln Riley. This is exactly what USC fans thought that they were going to get from Lincoln Riley. This is exactly what the rest of the Pac-12 and even the country feared was going to happen. Let me just say, let me just say this, and then we'll end the conversation. We'll move on to Jaden Rashada. Speaking of quarterbacks, right, and a lot of different dominoes going off right now. There are multiple 2024 quarterbacks that I know of that have tried to visit USC and speak with Lincoln, and he has not been available to speak with them. And then briefly now, before we go, Jaden Rashada, big time quarterback from Northern California, had a had a big weekend down in Dallas, Huff, uh, playing with the the Miami Immortals in the seven on seven circuit. Now you you wonder what's a Bay Area quarterback doing playing with a Miami based seven on seven team? I mean, we we're reading between the tea leaves here, Huff. What what does it mean to you? I mean, if you know anything about Jaden Rashada, this guy is a hardcore KT prep quarterback. To the end. He's played with KT Prep 7 on 17, if that same sounds familiar. It's where Miami Dolphins star Javon Holland played. Uh, Carson Strong, who's likely going to be an early pick uh, in the NFL draft in 22, played. Jay Kaner, the quarterback at Fresno State, played. And Jaden has been their, their primary team's quarterback for three years. But they stopped playing at the end of March, as they always do. 
because they're big on their guys running track and they're big on their guys going and working out their high school team. Well, Jaden gets one opportunity to go play with the Miami Immortals. He makes sure that his guys at KT Prep are cool with it. They were 100% cool with it. And he goes down and he plays for them. Why is this that significant? Because Oregon, when Mario Cristobal was there, was a big factor in Jaden Rashada's recruitment. Miami, with Mario Cristobal now there, Josh Gaddis, the new offensive coordinator there, is a bigger factor in his recruitment now than Oregon was before. Now, Oregon's involved right now. So is Ole Miss, so is Cal, so is BYU, so is Stanford. But right now, Miami is in a really good position to pull him out of the bay. And if you think about some of those great Miami teams in the old days, some people call the 2001 Miami team the greatest of all time. I'll give it the greatest of the 2000s. Quarterback by a quarterback from the East Bay, Ken Dorsey. Their team in 1991 that won the national championship, co-national championship with Washington, and then played for it the next year with the Heisman Trophy winner, an East Bay quarterback in Gino Toretta. So is an East Bay quarterback the secret sauce for a Miami national championship? Well, Mario Cristobal knows a little something about playing with Gino Toretta, and he knows about East Bay quarterbacks. And he actually signed a quarterback that Jaden Rashada backed up as a freshman in Jay Butterfield at Oregon. So Mario Cristobal has made a big push for Jaden Rashada. You have the, the Washington twins, Robbie and Bobby, who just committed to Miami last week, who are on the Immortals. And now Jaden Rashada looks like he didn't skip a beat, had no chemistry issues with those guys. You have to think Miami is going to be an even bigger factor in his recruitment moving forward. And by all accounts, talking to Mike Roach, he said Jaden was phenomenal this weekend at the battle event in Austin. So if you're a Miami fan, hey, maybe your secret sauce is about to be uh, poured back on the hamburger one more time. Look at us, Huff. Is this 2005? Are we talking USC and Miami solely on this podcast? (laughs) Right, right. Hey, I will tell you, Pete Carroll and uh, Larry Coker are not walking through that door anytime soon. But you just made a great reference, Blair. A lot of moves. Yeah, a lot of momentum there for some of these new coming coaches. New, we're going to have their opportunity to really put a stamp in the recruiting game as we head into the spring evaluation period. So that'll do it for us. A lot of momentum, like I mentioned, for USC, Miami looking to be involved with a California quarterback. And you're going to be able to follow it all over at 24-7 Sports. For Brandon Huffman, I am Blair Gulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the West of the Rest podcast. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.